good people. You are listening to a special episode of music and we this is not the normal episode. This is going to be a little bit shorter and we're going to resume to our regular schedule next time, but this is going to focus on this is it. Anybody who has listened to these episodes uh, regularly and hopefully you are doing that, you know that I, Jamila, have not seen This Is It at all. I have protested it since its release, which was, I think, October, late October 2009. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yesterday, I saw... Nine years. Nine years. Nine years of protests, yes. Yeah. And Jesse, I found out before us doing this podcast, has seen it around 30 times <laughs> if not more that's just a round number more. nine years uh, is a long time and i know in 2000 alone 2009 alone i've seen it at least 10 times so wow yeah. oh my goodness oh my goodness the funny thing is i don't know why i tortured myself but yesterday was my birthday i turned 42 and again Happy if you've been forever. listening to past episodes thank you <laughs> yes and if you've been listening to the episodes you probably did the math if you were invested in that and already figured out how old i was but yes i turned 42 yesterday i'm very happy about that uh, another day older is don't look a day old life six thank you <laughs> thank you so <laughs> thank you and yesterday was the day con- connection to the Prince single and then you have the Jackson's album the first Jackson's album was released on November the 5th 1976 mm-hmm. so we have Prince and Michael around there but what I did find out yesterday in the midst of this is it being on was that Roy Hargrove has transcended and he was only 49 and had a cardiac arrest but he also had kidney issues so it might have been in relation to that because he was getting uh he might have been getting dialysis for his kidneys or something but complications uh, of whatever was going on uh, ended up uh, giving him cardiac arrest and so I'm sending major condolences to the family, friends, loved ones, appreciators of Roy Hargrove. Anybody who knows Roy Hargrove, uh, he is beloved in the jazz community as well as particular portions of the hip hop community. He has performed with Herbie Hancock, Erica Badu, uh, if I'm not mistaken, The Roots, like Roy Ayers, who's still here. And I've seen him live and he's amazing. I never got to see Roy Hargrove live, but I love Roy Hargrove. And that's just sad. You know, I'm 42 and he was 49. So people are getting younger and younger and having major issues, cancer, um, heart attacks. It's it's just really sad what's going on. So we need to take care of ourselves. We need to take care of each other for sure. And a lot of the kidney issues uh, have to do you know, sometimes it's genetic, other times it's environmental. I don't know what his situation was. But, man, Roy Hargrove, I was not expecting that news at all. Really was not. Yeah, I never knew. Um, he had transcended until you said it, so it's quite unfortunate. Much yeah. peace to his family and loved ones. Absolutely. So I don't want to dedicate the show to anyone, honestly, because... 
what we're going to discuss. Uh, I don't want to put that energy on people. So <laughs> <laughs> if you so couldn't tell like... by now, Jamila is fuming with rage <laughs> after seeing this is it for the first time. So I'm going to lead in with a question because I just am curious, like I'm sure many of the listeners are, if you could put three oh, bullet points three. on the table three? of what? Three. That's it. Just, not ten. Just three. Not just, just three. Minimize, uh, condense, do what you need to do. And give me three takeaways of something that you didn't like about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Something you liked about it. And okay. something you you are kind of conflicted about. There's no confliction at all. No confliction. So, okay. No. no confliction. All right. So well, I guess you can give me two things you like, two things you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first of all, the movie was shoddily edited. It was terribly edited, and I'll get into that. And Michael's voice was minimized. So those are two primary points as to why I didn't like the movie. What I did like about the movie was Michael could sing. Man, a lot of it was canned, yes, in some demo versions. But when he was singing live, Joel could sing. And you cannot take that away from him. He also outdanced the dancers. So those were two two things I did like. Uh, one thing I especially liked was during the Billy Jean's uh, segment, he did the actual traditional moonwalk and not the backslide. One of the things I saw was all the comments, why did he not do the moonwalk? Mm-hmm. Why did... I'm like, no, he actually did. If you look at traditional moonwalking and locking, moonwalking is when you are in place. The backslide is what people worldwide have come to know as the moonwalk, but that's not the moonwalk. So I was really happy that he did the moonwalk. That's that's a good thing. <laughs> and and I actually like the the smooth criminal segment. That was probably the best segment in the movie in terms of the sequences and how they went. And I really wanted to find out how they worked on that technologically. But they didn't show that. They just showed the film. So much of that was sorely lacking in this movie. So the shoddy editing. First of all, it would have been a more compelling movie if they did the rehearsals in chronological order instead of piecing scenes together. So I don't know what date was what. I was interested in what date was what. But no, they did not give you that. They're putting two scenes side by side And, of course, they did uh, post-production where they got one recording and then regardless of the date, you're hearing the same song. But I would have loved to have seen, you know, an actual process of picking the dancers, why Michael chose to work with Jonathan Moffat, for instance, on this residency slash tour. Did he talk to Greg Fillingains to be a musical director? Was he available? I'm interested in those kinds of details. And that was not there. Michael didn't even sit at the table during the meetings. I know there were some extras where they had Michael sitting at a table, but that wasn't in the primary movie. Why was that not in the movie? Basically, what you saw was Kenny Ortega's voice leading the process and Michael going, oh, yeah, I like that. That's good. And they're saying, oh, Michael, he had so much control over the process. No, he didn't. He basically, I wouldn't say he deferred to Kenny Ortega, but it was as if he just 
stopped fighting. And his role was to direct the musicians up to a level and the dancers up to a level. But from my perspective, Kenny Ortega had most of the control of the situation. And I felt Kenny Ortega was condescending to Michael. The people who worked on the set, the producers specifically, they treated him as if he was a spoiled child. They treated him as if he was throwing a tantrum. So they said, okay, we don't, okay, Michael, what do you want? And he was like, no, I want this here, right here. I want it how I wrote it. When I put my hand down, that's what I want. Like he, All he did was argue in the whole movie. And so people saying, oh, he was so nice. He was so sweet. Not in the way that people thought of him as sweet earlier, where he his voice was like, okay, you know. No, his voice was at the lower register much of the movie. You could tell the man was pissed off at what was going on. He was frustrated at the process, especially the scene where he had the ear monitor. He had never used ear monitors. And suddenly they were like, you have to use this ear monitor. That pissed him off. So he said, look, I can't use these. It feels like I'm somebody's punching in my ear. I can't use these. And that was the whole movie. It was just so frustrating to see. And even the last scene after the credits, People usually walk out when there's credits, but sometimes there's a scene. The very last scene, this is what we're left with. This is the impression we get of Michael. No, I want this right here. Bam. And then you see the Sony logo. It's disrespectful to Michael. The movie was entirely disrespectful to Michael. I thought the dancers were a distraction to him. That At the beginning of the movie, they're like, well, I really love dancing and you know, I'm so inspired and it felt like a eulogy as opposed to them coming in at the beginning. And I know the film was produced not too long after Michael's transcendence, but they just it was as if they set it up. They knew something was going to happen. That's how it felt. It's like we brought all of these professional camera people because we know something's going to happen. If anyone is familiar with Michael rehearsal tapes, it's usually a couple of camera people and there's a camera in place and there's one that follows him and that's what it is. It's usually at that time, it's definitely film grade material, but this was so professional. You could tell they wanted to set it up as a movie. I don't know if that was the case for Michael. Usually with the rehearsal tapes, it's for reference points for him, but how they edited it, how they set it up, how they filmed it, how they followed people around. They were they were planning to make a Hollywood movie and they were planning to exploit Michael. I really think that was the goal. At the beginning, they said, oh, this is for the fans. But it wasn't for the fans. It was, in my view, people who somehow had an emotional connection with Michael after his transcendence. And that was a lot of people who openly said they didn't like him and now they're like oh, okay he's not too bad but it was for those people who didn't necessarily follow Michael and I'm not talking about people like you who are like oh, okay you know, I I'm talking about the a person who again you're just like well you know I thought he was really weird but he died so I'm curious and I'm gonna go see this movie 
It was for those people who never took the time to look at his work ethic. They never took the time to look at how brilliant he, he was as an arranger. They never took the time to look at how much of a perfectionist he was. They came with this yes. image of him just arguing with Kenny Ortega, him saying, you know, y'all are way too slow on the arrangement. I want it like it's on the record. Uh, it, it was just a lot of that. And I don't understand how people are saying, oh, Michael, it was all about love. Because I'm telling you, there was that one scene. Where was that? Where he was just, it was the ear monitor one. Where he's like, you know, I'm just telling you what's going on. And I'm saying it with love, L-O-V-E. And we've had this conversation uh-huh. before. Michael came out of the church. This is what people do when they don't, when they want to curse you out, but they try to be nice about it. That's what I saw out of Michael. He was like, no, this is love. I'm saying this is love, L-O-V-E. And he was like, God bless you. Like he wanted to curse people out the whole movie. Increasingly. You know, I do want to say. Yeah. Briefly that. It's a good point that you're making. You're making a lot of good points, actually, because he was very critical in the direction of where it was going. And he was <laughs> very vocal. I mean, I'm thinking of all of the times he said it. L-O-V-E. Like, no, no. Like, especially in the way you make me feel when he just. No, 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 no. I, it's, I, yes. I have to cue that. I have to cue yes. that, you know. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. And he, they were off cue. And then when he did Human Nature, which I think was partly a demo, because the whole the whole sequence was off cue. He was off cue. He was singing off beat the whole time, which I've never seen in any Michael rehearsal that bad. And then the musicians were off cue. I, I don't understand what was going on there. And some of the movements he was making, they were just real staccato. Mike, the way Michael moved, like he was very effortless and smooth, which makes me wonder if some of those people were stand-ins or impersonators because dun, it was dun, actually, dun, 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 right. dun, dun, dun. Well, let, I'm saying let, this too right. because he has had stand-ins. That's not yes. a secret. So you it's look at the secret. dangerous rehearsals, the dress rehearsals, because that was the time of the uh, first allegations, 1993. And so he was rehearsing and someone had told him and this was when he, the way you make me feel. And he's just sitting there and he's talking the lyrics as they're going. And everyone's a consummate professional. No one's stopping like you saw in This Is It. That's what I'm saying. It was a different group of people. So they just kept dancing. And then when he did uh, Black or White, it was. the They had a stand-in and his voice was actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't Michael. He was doing the Michael moves or whatever. It was a very clear stand in it with somebody who definitely was not of African descent. But in this case. Doing black or white? Yeah. in the dangerous dress rehearsals. Yes. Yes. Okay. So it was because Michael was just like, you know, I'm kind of distraught right now. I'm not going to go on stage and do that. So um, I think it was like the rest of the rehearsal. He was just like, yeah. But with this is it. It was strange to me. Because the movements, it looked a lot like how an impersonator has done it. And I've seen more than a few impersonator videos. And people doing micro moves tend to be more staccato and less fluid. And I was just wondering. I I don't know. It's just a question I have. Especially during Billie Jean. Uh, Why is Michael moving 
show staccato like that. Mm-hmm. It it just I have question, but that was when he did the moonwalk, the traditional moonwalk, and Michael or not, I don't know, they did it really well and added some funk to it. So you know, whoever that was, it was good. And they definitely used a, a mix of the older demo in that, which is why I'm asking if that was an impersonator. Smooth Criminal, uh, again, I thought that was the best sequence. I thought it was really well done. And I really wanted to know how they built the set, how what company used the digital framework. I, I wanted to see that. The thing they should have done and why the whole movie suffered, it should have been two movies. It should have been strictly behind the scenes documentary where they did interview set people, where they did interview Kenny Ortega, where they did interview Michael, where they did interview Dorian Holly, when they did when they interviewed everyone and just talked about the process of getting together and how it came to be. The other film should have just been footage. The way they mixed it up and confused the dates and everything it it didn't make any sense and it was shoddy editing and how they used they faded out and then okay second act it was anticlimactic to the scene that came before it it made no logical sense to me just the very last scene when they did man in the mirror even they messed up on that how many times has michael put for man in the mirror and he's putting his arms back to go change make that change and they're still playing why mm-hmm. the, uh, several of these people in the band have worked with michael over the years jonathan moffitt worked with the jacksons he's worked with michael why do people not know this i knew the cues better than the band did and that shouldn't be happening i'm just a mere person who loves michael but i should not know more than the band people who have worked with michael I shouldn't know that. And maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I should. But <laughs> I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, obviously, they were not to the liking of Michael because he would not have to correct them as often as he did if he was getting what he wanted. Because uh, <sighs> he obviously was not fully um, excited about that situation, which is what makes me really ponder those questions. You know, that was my main takeaway after watching this is it the first time. I was just high off of the vibration of Michael. So I wasn't able to really look at it from an analytical lens because I had no idea really his story. So I was just coming in the whole thing from a, wow, Michael, like he's still performing. He's, you know, electric. Mm -hmm. Um, But then after watching it over, I did have a lot of questions in particular about the possibility of them being body doubles, seeing as Michael did that before. And that always rubbed me the wrong way and I just remember being very angry if that was true like why would he use body doubles and under what circumstance would that be likely and then when you read the contract and you see what AEG did to him and the involvement of Kenny Ortega and Conrad Murray then you're really into the deep water and you're like okay I know Michael would have hated for this to be out <laughs> yeah, I, um, mm, the fact mm. that they released it and then also again as you mentioned the editing is awful especially <laughs> since they said we have hundreds and hundreds of yes. hours hours they were saying hours of unseen footage they made it seem as if they were going to release it at some point and yeah. you can just see it wasn't 
it was just cut up weird. And you made a good point about Michael being in the uh, meetings as well. He There's only one shot, him with the red jacket, I believe, where he's like, he has a lollipop or something. That's the only <laughs> shot I recall. I remember seeing him. He had the red beaded jacket on or something, and he was talking. But you don't see him really instructing, which is Thank something he, he definitely did. That's that's true. You don't see well, him my, instructing. My, quest, my question with that is, why are people saying, coming out of this movie saying, oh, he had a lot of creative control? I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Kenny Ortega had most of the creative control. He was the one. You're who was right. Kenny Ortega the was the one calling shots. Yeah, and this is what's going to happen here, and then you're going to stand here. And... Right. Yeah. Michael was relegated to these little roles of saying, "Okay, musicians, I want it like this," but that was it. He had minimal control over the process of over the whole production. And that's what I wanted to see Michael involved in the production. He was an employee of AEG. That's exactly what it felt like. He was an employee and they were exploiting his labor. That is what I saw when I watched that movie. And, you know, when I watch movies, I look into deeper things. I look beyond the surface. So maybe this is what I'm looking at. But all I saw about this movie was praise. And I just kept asking Everybody calls me weird, so maybe I am, because I'm not seeing what the rest of y'all are seeing. And I'm well, seeing again, Michael I being think, exploited. See, the last time the world, or in particular America, because it, is, it seems like, you know, when Michael left America after that whole trial situation, he wasn't really, you know, in America. He went to London, he went to, he went to Ireland, he went to Bahrain, Middle East, yeah. Bahrain. He was everywhere. And mm-hmm. people had not seen him last perform since probably Madison Square Garden in 2001. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was the last time. And, you know, and obviously, ooh, Michael, you know, one of the greatest performers. I mean, whoever came up with this idea, which I do feel like it was preconceived, obviously, I think they were like, hey, you know, we should record all of this and then release it. Mm-hmm. So that if anything happens, because it, it it done very well, obviously, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, we can make a lot of money from it. And they did. And sadly, again, it just makes Michael seem as a pawn in AEG scheme. And but what I think a lot of people experience from watching it is they see just a glimpse of his creative drive and just his ambition and they see a man in this who's 50 who's still doing it. Um, but unfortunately, you can see that he was holding back. Because that's one of the things he even said when singing. Like, oh, I want to wait till. I always <laughs> thought that was interesting. That, and I know he's always kind of had that idea. Like, I don't want to just use my voice. I want to savor it until everyone can hear it or whatever. Um, and he could sing, like you said. That's one thing that's undeniable. I love how they added speechless. That little, oh, that I know. Yeah, and that I, was nice. Thriller into Threatened. I did like that. Yeah, I did like Threatened. I was like, oh, yeah. oh, oh. I know. Okay. Yeah, that was actually nice. <laughs> um, yeah, when you he know, sang speechless, I said, oh, my goodness. Yeah. else explain. You know, and I'm kind of surprised just by the direction, you know, the, the, the set list. From what I recall, someone said that the fans were able to pick the set list for that. And yes. Michael was gonna, I okay. remember this because I was on the websites 
when the, when this is it was first announced, I would follow the website because I was going to get a ticket. And they said, OK, fans, what songs do you want to hear? So I don't know what came out of that, though. I don't know if the management or Michael, I, I don't know what they ended up picking, but there was on their website, uh, pick, have a list of what songs you want to hear. It was a very interesting set of songs. I don't know if there were other songs that were rehearsed and they left it out. I don't I don't know. It was an interesting series of songs. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I would have loved to have seen Michael work with the dancers, have very specific clips building to the show. So when they're setting it up, Michael's sitting with the dancers him being a Debbie Allen, a Lydia, and saying, okay, this is what I want. This is the vision I want for dancing. Here's, a, you know, whatever. But they had, you know, hundreds of people just dancing, and, and that's what they show. And Michael says, I like her. But that's that was it. They showed just brief clips of Michael being involved in the process. I don't understand what this is, If and everyone's coming out of, oh, he had control. But that's not what they showed. And so instead of the clip they showed of the March 2009 announcement, the whole world has seen that already. Why didn't they just fill that time with Michael sitting at the table and drafting out a plan for this tour? What is wrong with the producers of this movie? What is wrong with Kenny Ortega? I think what it is, is they're saying, okay, now it's our time to shine. Michael is gone, so <laughs> we're using his name, but now our names are attached to it as well, so maybe people want to use us for something. The funny thing about it is, and you know, I, I would probably want to get more into this when we talk about the live performances, but Prince also had an issue with AEG, and so I don't know if Michael learned from that. Clearly not, <laughs> but... As opposed to Prince, I don't think Michael had a lot of choices because AEG uh, with Colony Capital, they were connected in a Saving Neverland. So they pretty much dangled carrots in his face and said, you know, if you don't want Neverland to be on the market, we'll get uh, that Barack guy to help you. And there was, again, Colony Capital and AEG worked in concert with one another. And I think that's really what it was. Michael didn't have a lot of choices in the matter. And that's what I saw. I, what I did see is that Michael loved performing because after a few songs, you saw he had a smile on his face. So he's like, yes, I can still do this. But in terms of the process of this residency and eventual tour, you could tell he just was not there. He's like, I really don't want to do this. But I have to because my labor is getting exploited. And I don't think mm. people look at it like that. People look at Michael as just no, an entertainer. They overcompensate for his genius and drive. Yeah. They think, oh, he, there's no way he could be slow. There's no way he, right. he was not on the top of his game, which is very ridiculous because, you know, being a performer and Michael has just been doing this thing as a kid. And you can imagine... Obviously, yes, he's the most comfortable on stage. You see a fire, there's electricity, there's thunder, there's all of these elements at play. But there's also age. And there's also pre-existing conditions and things that happen to him, accidents. All of those things affect his performance to some degree. And while I could see his overall 
excitement. And as you mentioned, the smile, you can see just he was in it. I could also see someone who was older, you know, and someone who was in a position now to have to do that. If he made it through, and I remember you said this, well, here's a question I have for you. Do you (laughs) think that he would have finished those 50 shows? Nope. After seeing, especially, so did this, does it help prove your point? Because I remember you said before that he would have probably died at the third show. Yes. And so what do you say? Would you still say that that's the same? Yes. Yeah. Um, I would say at most fifth. Mm -hmm. I maintain that. Again, you, it was very clear. Dude was high as a kite in half those film clips. Yes. Which is probably why he was dancing staccato in some of those. He was in a lot Uh, of pain. mm. You know, his frustration was also probably like, look, I'm in a lot of pain. Like, can we get this right? You know, so there was that and so many comments like, how can people say he was on drugs? People don't always (laughs) show evidence of them being on drugs, especially if you're on painkillers. It's not as if he was a crackhead or a meth addict. People yeah. don't understand the insidiousness of pharmaceuticals. Yeah, Just because you don't, don't see evidence of it doesn't mean that he doesn't have a dependence or an addiction. And to me, that was very clear, especially looking at the context of, of the whole matter and looking at the court documents, looking at the statements Kenny Ortega gave, looking at the fact that the singers and the dancers were wearing shorts and and he's wearing two jackets. Get out of here. No. Why is he? He's dancing just as hard, even harder than some of the dancers. And he's like, well, I want to conserve my energy, but he's still going hard in a lot of ways. But he's wearing two jackets. So don't give me that. Don't like everyone's just so enamored with Michael Jackson that they can't see he was human. Yeah, and anybody that's, right, who that's looks the... at this humanness, they're arguing <laughs> with you. Mm-hmm. And that's if what he... we aim to do with this podcast. Exactly. Humanize Michael and Prince because they both were human. As wonderful and creative and talented as they were, they were human. And because of that humanity, they suffered from some of those ailments, which includes illness and, you know, all of the other things that were attached. And then also manipulation. I mean, it's kind of sad that Michael knew that he didn't want to do it, but he had to do it because he was being exploited. And he was in a situation where he didn't have much leg room. He didn't have much say. And for for whatever reason, fans don't want to acknowledge that. They think, oh, no, it's not true. It's like, well, if he had much say, would he, would he have gone this direction? Probably not. I mean, <laughs> no. he probably would have had something a bit more convenient for his body and something that didn't have him signing up for these extra dates. It doesn't mean that you can't take something from this is it and say, oh, it's nice to see that he was putting an effort. But it does raise a lot of questions. And you raised a lot of great ones because I don't think a lot of people are seeing those different angles because, again, Michael Jackson is just larger than life. And the idea of him actually being weak or not being on the top of his game or just not and just that expectation, though, that he had to deal with. I mean, fans from all over the world expected him to just be better than all the time, you know, and that's kind of the reduction that comes with performing so long. Eventually, you're not able to jump off, jump off the pianos. I mean, Prince knew that himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was playing at the piano <laughs> the last 
tour mm-hmm. of his life, but he mm-hmm. wasn't jumping off of it because jumping off of it got him in that situation. You know, like you're doing that consistently for years and you're doing the splits and you're doing all of this work. It catches up you right. know, and you're going to have to do you're going to have to deal with that because, you know, and like you said, pharmaceuticals and just dealing with that pain can, you know, birth, obviously, various side effects. So, yeah. Yeah. What did what did you think of the dancers? I thought that the dancers, some of them, there's this one guy and girl I remember seeing, and they were pretty good, but I didn't think that they were the best group. It was something about their dancing that made it seem kind of too much. There wasn't enough flow for me. And then in the beginning, from what I recall reading, that was recorded after he passed away. So that wasn't done before, like when they were told that they were going on this. So oh, this was, okay. Which, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And it makes okay. sense because it's like they're awkward. They're saying they're speaking in the present tense. They're obviously like, oh, I can't, you know, thank you for this opportunity. But it's like, right. but he passed away already. That's what I remember. Right? That might okay. not be true here, here or there. But again, some of the dancers were good, but I do put an emphasis on what you said. I wish they focused on him talking when he was you know, in the crowd looking at the dancers. And there was a moment where he stood up and he was like pointing like, yes, that's the one. I wish we heard that. Or right. just kind of hurt. Because obviously they were recording him. Was it in, in secret? Like, I don't understand why, again, <laughs> and this is probably on the uh, merit of the production, because it's like, that's something that we would want to hear, right? I want to hear Michael saying, oh, yeah, this is, you know, blah, blah, blah. But that wasn't, we didn't hear it. We just saw it. And that's all we had. So the dancers, again, I'm not saying they were awful, but I didn't think they were particularly interesting. But I'm oh, liking the fact that he had a young, diverse and young group, I guess. Yeah. Well, what you said is interesting because after he said, I I like her, they didn't show the dancer he said he liked that I, I don't yeah, remember yeah. seeing her. No, no, they didn't. Exactly. So it would have been more compelling for him to say, I like her. And then interview that dancer that he liked and yeah. talked about how Michael Hello. Jackson inspired her. Right. How come right. we're not producers? How come wow. we're not directors, Jesse? Yeah. I I, I mean, because that, <laughs> that just seems one-on-one that they would connect it like that, but they didn't. I think a lot of moments, and this is it, could have been improved. There was that time when he talked to everybody and he gave that speech. Now, I want to m- mention this briefly because... <laughs> You know, back when I discovered Michael, I had a YouTube channel and I would make videos about Michael Jackson all the time. And there was this, you know, this is how we met, obviously, um, through (laughs) the Internet. And, you know, there was that theory that Michael Jackson, you know, is possibly still alive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that and (laughs) I never truly believed that. I just remember saying I'm exploring the possibility left by clues because I did when doing research. There were certain things especially watching this is it again that's probably what i'm more than sure i watched it over 30 times i mean i probably watched it over <laughs> 50 if i'm being Ooh. honest like i remember just analyzing it because it just amazed me that this movie had just these scenes that just didn't align to what i thought and then a lot of it and then again looking into the case files studying conrad murray and all of that i just couldn't understand what i was seeing and one of the things like i mentioned was the body doubles but it was also that last meeting he had with everybody and he was telling them we got 
four years to get it right or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then people were saying this bam that he was talking about, like bam. They thought that was the reveal. But I'm like, Michael, why would Michael die to come back? Like, what? This is not Hollywood. They were calling it the greatest show on earth. Like, oh, this she's gonna reveal. It's like, no, this is clearly not what that was. I dropped out of that very quickly when I realized mm-hmm. that it was just BS. But I do think it's interesting that he. You know, he was, and I think this was in connection to Earth Song when he had, when he was talking yes. about, you know, we gotta love each other and you yes. know, we're all in this. That was a beautiful thing to see, but I wonder how often that was done. If that was just a one off or did you. he always have. Thank you. Yeah. That's the stuff I wanted to see. The only voice Michael got was way after the hour mark of the movie. And it was in reference to Earth Song and when they had the prayer circle. Why was that? the case why is it that Kenny Ortega I know he was the director but he got most of the position of control in the movie when they're telling you the opposite that's not what I saw Michael had the illusion of control Mm -hmm. and so again if there are hours upon hours of footage I want to see that where he's part of the technical process of the movie. I want to see interviews with people who helped build the set because Michael was known to communicate with everyone Everyone. about building the the set. See, see, that's the point. And we should focus on that for a bit. That's what Michael was about. You know, he had no problem inviting you, offering, you know, just including you uh, in the whole thing. I read a story recently about him being like that on the screen set uh, of that music video where somebody was changing the lighting and they fell off the ladder and he was really sad that it happened and he just you know wanted to make sure they were okay but just stories like that like you can clearly see anyone who's involved in his production he wants to know what they do how they do it what can they add you know he was all about group organizing and it wasn't really shown in the movie we just saw Again, like you said, that was just that last time or the only time is when he spoke about uh, Earth Song and whatnot. But there's not really a moment where you get that personal one to one. You can see. In fact, it is filled with a lot of criticism of Michael being obviously unhappy in some of these situations that he's in. It made no sense to me. They're saying, Michael Jackson, if you've never seen him before, again, you could find rehearsal footage of other tours. There is a documentary of the history tour. And it was a combination of behind the scenes and the actual show that was done so much better than this is it. It can be done, people. It can be done. And then, of course, with the bad and dangerous tours, they just had plain old rehearsal footage, no interruptions. It was just the show. Why not have that for this is it? Why not have that this is it? Which makes me think, yeah. yeah. Well, (laughs) it, it makes me think that Michael was sick for most of it, so they couldn't use most of the footage. Yes, yes. that's, that's what, all that I is. I was just about to lead into that because okay. that's an area that a lot of fans. And again, this is not we're not going to break down the fullness. We're going to get back yeah. to this is it soon. But that's one thing I want to hit on because a lot of fans <laughs> don't believe Michael was sick. And the stories that came out with Kenny Ortega about him having to feed him, which were outrageous. And just obviously it was just no, or he wasn't at a lot of the rehearsals. If that's the case, then for one, which I do believe they lied 
I don't believe they have nearly as much footage as they claim they do. And if they do, <laughs> it misrepresents the situation and they don't want to be, you know, made liable for it. Right. But I have so many problems with Kenny Ortega because of that. Like, you know, it's kind of it's so weird that all of this happened the way it did. And that movie, I mean, he passed away in June. That's mm-hmm. four months. They scattered with that stuff. They're like, oh, let's just take this. Like, it's, it was a rush thing. I mean, you. you can't wait till a year. You can't mm-hmm. wait till, you know, because Michael was selling. I mean, they made so much money. Michael's fame, his ability to attract the millions of people he did really was in his backyard all the time. So they were going to make a profit regardless. Yeah. But just to expedite it, they quickly released it. Gave us the DVD, gave us a booklet that came with it. There was just a lot of things that they did to promote it. And it's not the best. In fact, it's probably one of the worst in terms of seeing Michael's ability. Because I've seen a plenty and you can go online and see his rehearsals where he's just performing and all of that. Like, I'd rather see that than Thank just you. watch it. But some of the reasons I go back to it even now, and I think the last time I watched it was earlier this year even. Because, again, it was on and we just left it on the television. But... <laughs> uh, one of the things I remember saying is like, oh, wow, Michael, he had various relationships with how he performed some of the music he did. And you can see in particular, I think, if they don't really care about us. And he didn't change the lyric there where he's like, I got a wife and two children that love me. He mm-hmm. left it as that when at that point he obviously had three children but he wasn't married (laughs) (laughs) and he didn't I always thought that was funny that he didn't correct that because thinking of Prince in the way you know he it didn't matter he would always reconfigure his songs like if he said something that wasn't you know he would change it Uh, Michael didn't do it but it's probably just another way of him or that's where I was when I made it I don't know but I just thought that was interesting Mm -hmm. he didn't do much of that like there's not a lot of the way you make me feel is probably the most recognizable moment and when he talks about the the microphone or the thing in his ear mm-hmm. um, but there's not really moments of him talking that's the thing there's there's very little of that there's very little you know instruction or <laughs> yeah most of it was him basically battling with the crew or the band or ortega that's most of what he was doing or singing i felt like it was a portrayal of a man who was slowly disintegrating. It was incredibly disrespectful to Michael Jackson. Mm. The other thing is the lack of chemistry between him and Judith Hill. Judith Hill's chemistry with Prince was far superior. We gonna go there for a little bit. Judith Hill is a very sweet person. Mm -hmm. I've met her, I've seen her live, I've interviewed her. Mm -hmm. But the chemistry she had with Prince that's where she wanted to be. And she did an interview that said she wanted to perform with Prince. So that made sense. I yeah. think her performing with Michael. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, her performing with Michael was definitely a way for her to get where she wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And she was excited to be around Michael. And you could tell she she was while they were performing, she was somewhere else. And he was motioning for her to come over. He was like, no, this is where you need to be. Um, everybody was off cue because everyone was so starstruck of being about around Michael. 
And this is why the dancers should not have been standing there while he was singing, because all the oh yeah you sing like no yeah no yeah, it was distracting was to him. Mm-hmm. And like at the end of the song, I I just can't stop loving you. She's she has her head turned somewhere else when she's supposed to be the other direction. So he's like no over here, and he kept doing that, and he kept pu- um, pulling her to him. And what people needed to do, dancers and singers alike. They needed to watch rehearsal footage from past tours yeah. so they understand where Michael's coming from and he wouldn't have to say anything. He'd just be like, bam, okay, here we go. He has plenty of tour footage you can watch. And again, there are people who were on This Is It who were working on that residency slash tour. They should know better. I don't understand what was going on. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, I, I mean... You're bringing up all of the points that I think are necessary to hear because you don't see that. All of what we we're saying we wish to see was not present. And But if you watch old rehearsal footage, you can see Michael, you know, in his element. And I think he wasn't aware. I, I feel like to some degree, I'm not sure how well aware he was of him being recorded. Because I'm thinking of these, you know, you see him. And obviously he sees cameras, so maybe he's aware that he's being recorded, but it's yeah. not like they offered that to us. Why didn't we get that? Why didn't we get, you know, just the background, the planning and the production from, from right. Michael's point Exactly. Of view? And that's what I'm saying. Again, I think that Sony and AEG hired professional camera people mm-hmm. and Michael probably had his own camera people. But what we saw were Sony's camera people or AEG's camera people. Mm-hmm. From their perspective, that's what I'm guessing. I don't know if I'm right, but given the level of Hollywood style that movie was, I think that Sony hired some people to say, hey, huh, we're going to we're going to make history. No pun intended with this movie. We're going to actually sell this into a movie. Even if Michael finished a tour, they were going to sell it because they wanted to make more money off of it. And the reason Why they put it out so quickly, in my opinion, is because Michael was not physically here. So they needed to recoup money. They needed to recoup funds from anything that was not made from the tour. They needed to do it quickly because there was insurance involved. There was all this stuff. So that's the back end that people aren't discussing. Everyone's so emotionally connected to Michael, but they're not thinking about the exploitation that was involved in the creation of this production. There's a lot of back end stuff people are ignoring. And I really do think the fact that it came out October, he was gone in June. Right. How many months is that? June, July, August, four months. Four months. Four months. It's not a lot of time for them to really scatter. I feel like they were just scattering pieces and just piecing them together at will just to kind of come up with something that looked presentable. Um, But you can clearly see not a lot of effort and care was done because. I mean, just how we're analyzing it right now, we haven't even gone deep. Like we just on on the surface and we already seeing all this stuff. So right. um, it's and, and I don't see why fans and that's why I've always said, like, why don't we pressure Sony or everybody in the state to release this unseen footage that they have? Because they don't have it. That's why. Well, even the rehearsals for the shows that had Marva Hicks on it when she was doing I Just Can't Stop Loving You with Michael. That's what watching judith hill with him was like and he's like no 
And then she kept singing. He's like, no, stop. So oh, that's what it reminded me of. I need to see that. That's what it reminded me of. And that. that's just the whole th- yeah, I'll I'll send that to you. you that to was that to me. Ooh, I can't watch that, <laughs> but I will send it to you. The whole the whole scene, he was like, oh, here we go. What is this? Because <sighs> I can see they they didn't like that. Like Michael and Prince were very specific, but see, Michael was so Motown and that kind of culture. Right. Was like, right. let me tell you something, Tyler. You know, they they're the type to just like let me whisper in your ear, or God bless you after I curse you. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. That's that was Michael. He could have been like, hey, no, this is not how I want it. I want it like this. And if you're not going to do it this way, maybe you need to go home and I'll hire somebody else. Yeah. That was <laughs> James know? Brown did that. James like, Brown had no problem. Yeah, like, look, this is, look. <laughs> you don't do it right, I'm going to find you. You better get it right. The you. First get time. it right. First time. I'm on my game. Why are you not? <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> oh, you took that wrong dance. Well, he, didn't, he didn't beat uh, people in his band, but, but he fined them. So yeah. I said I wouldn't find people, but ugh, it's not even a but. I wouldn't find people. Yeah, no, <laughs> I just think that's kind of ridiculous. But I feel that's it. Just shows you the commitment, though. The commitment yes. to their craft is at such a high standard. And and if you're not giving that, then what are you doing? Why yes. aren't you doing what you're supposed to be doing? This is what I understand. Kenny Ortega directed with the Dangerous and the History Tours. Why? Is he? It was as if Michael was speaking a different language to him. It was as if Michael was speaking a different language to the musicians. Again, these are people who have worked with Michael over the years, and there was a lack of communication, and they were talking past each other. What was happening? I think about it. It was quite edited, quite shitty. You know, like it was a shitty edit because I'm thinking of all of the random things they were showing. And again, why isn't Michael, you know, speaking? You're right. Kenny Ortega was the one calling the shots, so to speak. And Michael was just filling in or, you know, not even being heard all of the time. And like, oh, Michael, well, you know, we need it this way. This is the way I remember he was like, is there something wrong, Michael? You know, talking to him like he's a kid or something. I know. (laughs) Oh, so. He's like, but no, I, I just yeah. can't use this earpiece. Yeah. I, just I just can't, can't do it. He's like, right. well, what, what, what vocal level do you want, Michael? Like louder. Yeah, all of <laughs> like, that. What? All of that. Yeah. See, that's what we're gonna really get into when we talk about it in depth because I'm gonna have to watch it a 85th time. <laughs> just so that I can, just so that I can break down some of the things. Because seeing it from this angle, what you said really reminded me that wow, this you, you're, you're obviously. If you're just seeing this for the first time, I'm sure I'm going to see things that I didn't see before. But I've already have always said that that film is it's really edited bad. And on top of that, you can see that there's whatever we're not getting is because they didn't want us to see it because it misrepresented or it they just didn't want to be liable for something because. Mm-hmm. If the stories are true and he was not going to all of the rehearsals and or that sometimes he was sick, then that really explains a lot of why it's so bad. And it also just tells me how wicked and manipulative they are to exploit his labor at that level to get all of that cash because it's, it's not a good. And that's the only thing we've had video wise from yep. Michael. There hasn't been any official 
I mean, outside of the Spike Lee music directed um, documentaries, but yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of questions. Well, even you look at how they ended Man in the Mirror. There was no commentary from Michael. It was just ending like, okay, I'm putting my hands back. And it just ended like that. And then you have the credits and they played, this is what they called This Is It. And it's I never heard, but anyway, that's a whole other story. You know, it was just so anticlimactic. And I just really am having trouble (laughs) figuring out why Kenny Ortega chose to direct such a disrespectful tone to Michael Jackson giving you saying, I love you, Michael. And then Michael singing, I just can't stop loving you in Spanish. And then Kenny Ortega's like, oh, I love you. And I, yeah, it was just, it was that whole thing where Kenny Ortega and others would smile in your face and stab you in the back. That's exactly what it felt like. It was a stab in Michael Jackson's back. And it was a cash grab. It was a way to reap profits off of a tour that did not happen. It was a way to grab people's emotional heartstrings because he just left. The intent was to make money. The intent was to sell the Michael Jackson brand. It wasn't to humanize him at all. Mm -hmm. Clearly. And I'm upset about it. Yeah. Again, it's sad that that's the only thing that we have officially from the estate, but they clearly had no interest in preserving his legacy to the best of his input. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's pretty awful. So we'll definitely, yeah. So I guess what we'll leave you all with now is (laughs) an expectation or curiosity, hopefully (laughs) um, of what more we got to say, because there's so much in it and it's not that long. I don't even think it clocks. I know it's it's about two hours. two hours. It's about yeah, two hours. It's, okay. It's about two hours or a little over two hours, I think. It's either between an hour and fifty-seven and two hours or four minutes. It's between the two. Okay, it's not long. I mean, it's not long seeing that Michael isn't really in the frame. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you got almost two hours, but I wonder how much of those hours are are minutes. I should say are featured with Michael actually talking oh that's a really good, i don't know if i want to invest that much energy into that no, but no, that's no. a good question you would think i would know after watching it as many times <laughs> <laughs> but um i probably will i'll do some kind of mathematical estimation just to get an idea because i just think that's weird um but one thing i want to say before we close is it's been announced and we'll talk further about this in the next podcast but it's been announced that ava duvenay is working on a yes. series of prince documentary wait, series on netflix wait it's a series it's not yeah just one. it's a series don't no don't do it no i mm. well look i'm gonna watch it anyway <laughs> i know i know you are but i, yeah. I don't even have netflix so yeah we'll have no, to go well, to somebody's house the way the internet works it will be out and then the way the, i should say yeah. the way prince community the way the prince community is <laughs> that will be out the moment it leaks I will have it in my inbox the next morning, like no doubt. (laughs) (laughs) If they do a hatchet job, I've never seen Ava DuVernay films. People in the organ. Oh, yeah, I've seen a show. She she's the director of Queen of the South, I believe, and I like that show. Oh Um, yeah, I haven't seen it. Okay, well that's the only thing I've seen. 
What I do know from people who are in the organizing slash Pan-African community, which I'm a part of, Mm -hmm. um, they do not like her direction, given that she is uh, she comes from a petit bourgeois perspective. The direction of Selma was highly flawed, according to people I know who saw it in those communities. Oh, and she did that, too. I, I saw yes. that as well. And same with 13th. So I saw um, that as well. Oh, I've seen a lot of stuff. From yeah. doing that then. So I haven't well, seen any of it. Right. Well, that's so I, a, I'm, I'm just I'm, letting you know what people I organize with and love dearly okay. said. I don't okay. know. Again, I can't respond to that. But. I think that they are going to totally skip Prince's uh, anti-capitalist perspectives. I think they're going to skip more of the left of the left side of oh, Prince. I already know how it's going to be. So, I don't think they're going to honor the fullness of Prince, but I think one of the reasons I'm excited about it is because of the footage. I mean, I don't care about the <laughs> added. I mean, right. I know that they're going to give me the political, the, oh, well, you know, Prince was, I'm not, I don't really care about that because that's just coming from them. Anyway, Prince was a pretty much open book when you really want to know what he felt about something. So if I really want to know how Prince felt about a topic, I'll just listen to his music. But the footage <laughs> is what I'm concerned about and happy mm-hmm. for because Prince being one of my favorite visual artists and just performers i want to see the stuff that i've been hearing about because prince has so much unseen footage recordings music i want to see him live in action because that's to me a, a prince experience watching him listening to him and just kind of seeing how he operates under whatever genre he's invested in whether jazz rock whatever so i'm i'm curious about that and i think that's going to be good because they're going to focus on specific times she mentioned, well, Kevin Smith, you know, the director who right. actually filmed The Rainbow Children. He said he was contacted for that. So they have footage of that. Oh, and huh. that's exciting because, again, huh. that hasn't been seen. And people remember that. <laughs> I obviously was very young when that album came out. But right. being a listener of Prince and just seeing all the times he released music, The Rainbow Children being one of my favorites, one of the most controversial. I can't <laughs> wait to see that extra play. So I'm. I'm pretty okay. excited from that okay. that front. And that's just and then okay. let's hope that they that Ava and whoever's involved does justice and it's not just this hogwash. Oh, well, you know Prince, he was the you know how they can do it. They just easily make it a oh, he was such a alien and out of the universe and <laughs> he you know, he was so but I hope they focus on his his work. Like Prince was one of the hardest musicians, hardest working musicians that we've ever seen. He, this man was right. committed to his work. So let's see something that, you know, honors that commitment, yeah. including rehearsals so, and backstage. And all oh, that. that'd be that'd be. <laughs> yeah. So have, have you seen the Spike Lee, Michael Jackson documentaries? I have not seen them. You haven't seen them either? No, I don't <laughs> deal with anything posthumous. I'm telling you. OK. Well, uh, yeah, I have. But I've seen I've seen bad. I've seen. What's the other one? That's not the only one. That was the, they did the um, Off the Wall, right? Off the Wall, yes. I need to see Off the Wall again. I remember Bad the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember enjoying both of them in the sense okay. that I felt like Spike Lee did a good job at bringing in people who work with him. So there was Greg and Stevie. Okay. And oh, was, for real? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. I might um, see it then. Okay. Yeah, it was not, it was, it was really done well. And okay. I kind of wish that he did history because you know people the fans are like oh you know you need to do history but they're probably going <laughs> to skip 
history because he wants to do thriller, which I don't want. I don't want another documentary. Not another thriller. documentary. Not a no. We don't need. With, we on. need nothing from thriller. Come on, nothing. man. Like what, nothing. Spike, give come us on. history. That's why. But he said, "Oh, well, that's one of my favorite ever." It's like, yeah, but who cares about thriller? Like in retrospect, I mean, it's a wonderful. You know, obviously we can go on and on about the, the success and production of Thriller, but why not do something that a lot of people haven't seen or right. about? Like right. history. That's a huge mm-hmm. piece. Or dangerous. And I feel like yeah. I feel like one of the estate I think it was John McCain who said that, Oh well, we're not probably gonna do dangerous. Um Did you say did you say John McCain was that? Not John <laughs> John McClane. John McClane. Or McClane. Oh, it's McClane. McClane. It's McClane, though. And I did say John McCain. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know he didn't say nothing. Uh, let me stop. <laughs> that was that was a, is that a slip? No, just playing. <laughs> it was actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. But um, yeah, they almost made it seem as if there wouldn't be anything from that. But I feel like. If Spike mm-hmm. Lee's gonna do off the wall and bad, he should do all of them, because yeah. you know, don't stop halfway. I mean, he hasn't even made it past the second one. So hopefully, if anything, he does. Yeah. History. I would love to see some history, but anyway, that's yeah. Well, I, but you I need think, to watch those too. All right, I, I I I will, so we can talk about it. I guess. So I think doing documentaries for dangerous and history in particular given the political climate i think would be a really good documentary but of course they won't touch that because they're focused on michael jackson was a good singer all right we already know that that's obvious what about the climate that inspired him to make the music he did can we get there can we get there exactly get to the the technicality of the music can we please go beyond his singing we already know he's great fine you know (laughs) I know. That's why I don't like these documentaries because it's just like, oh, he's the greatest performer of all time, and they don't get past his dancing or singing. Yeah, they don't, they don't get past that. They don't get past it. They focus because it's almost like the width of that is so enormous they can't seem to wrap around how talented and you know great. But they should explain the process because, I mean, any artist, a writer, and creative content person, I would say is interested in knowing the process. I mean, I want to know the drive and the breakdown, you know, give us some recipes, some seasons. Yeah. For, for instance, if you do off the, I, again, I didn't watch it, but an interview Michael gave when recording Don't Stop Till You Get Enough or writing Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, the end, he said, I wanted to recreate a kalimba. And so you have that clip or you just find the quote and talk about that and then talk about the history of the kalimba and then you talk about how earth wind and fire inspired him because they were the most popular band at the time to be using kalimba so talk about the history of the kalimba talk about you know the art ensemble chicago just that kind of stuff where you go into how the kalimba surfaced in popular culture and then you go into the polyrhythms that michael had in his head and put them onto to tape. I mean, there are a lot of ways you could explore Michael's brilliance in terms of recording and how he wrote music. But everyone's just like, well, he was such a great singer. I t- talk about, you know, right. the notes, talk about the, the details mm. of how he crafted a song and don't just always have Questlove or Brother Question or uh. Amir. 
don't always note. have him no, 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 or don't always note. have, <laughs> you know, don't always have the same people is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not and, saying don't mm-hmm. talk to them. I'm just saying have different people. Why are they not talking to Seth Riggs? Why are they not t- like talk to Bruce Redeen, you know? Yeah, that's what Ta- that's what they I mean, need to we be can, talking to. Right. Sound like we need to be producers of the next Michael Jackson Thank documentary. Let's <laughs> work you on that, special. Jesse. Because yeah. <laughs> you're the you're the like you know. But no, you're absolutely right. Well, we're gonna have to end it right here. But next week we probably got a three hour conversation for you. Well, I don't know if it's gonna be that long. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no. Yeah. And then uh, we're gonna go definitely a bit more further into just the different ways of watching this is it and it's just some of your immediate and long-term reactions after seeing it for the second time because there's a lot to unpack um and we'll of course bring in parallels with prince because you know it's funny seeing michael and prince towards the end of their lives they do share commonalities when it comes to how they shared what they shared and the way it was shared and just sort of the reactions of the people around them after they passed are similar. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to definitely go into the details of that, but whoo, what a, what a thing. This what is a it. thing. This is it. This is it. Not quite. See, not, not quite. Cause we're going to still talk about it, but yeah. thank you so much <laughs> for listening to this special episode of music. And we, if you have any views, if you disagree with what we were talking about, we want to hear from you. What details were we missing that you saw? Let's talk about it. Thank you Let's again talk. for listening. Thank you so much. You got any last words, Jesse? Uh, thank you, guys. I just want to say thank you for listening again, and we look forward to seeing you next time. As Michael goes, we'll go. <laughs>